This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, and welcome to the evening of this Sunday, a wonderful Sunday ready for the working week. My name's Tom Starkey. I'm going to be presenting this particular session this evening, and we're going to be looking at well-being and technology, amongst other fairly linked subjects, as it were. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Well, hello there. That's um, once again an incredibly, incredibly vibrant and almost aggressive theme for this evening teacher talk radio there thank you very much for that my um my uh, current position is in our attic at home so um as much as i think the intro is kind of bombastic and kind of very professional my home setup is uh, a little bit less uh, so um we're going to talk about well-being and technology in education this evening um primarily because I think that there are some really interesting questions to be asked when it comes to uh, the promotion of technology and well-being. I think first we really have to start thinking about um, how we define well-being, or I'll think I'll think about how I define well-being uh, on this show. It's my show; I get to define things exactly the way I want to. It's brilliant; you can't stop me. Um, but when I uh, uh, when I am talking about well-being, um, I'm talking about uh, a range of different things: so mental health. Uh, uh, mental well-being, physical well-being, emotional well-being. We're going to cover it all. We're going to cover all the beings, um, and we're going to try to also come up with a little bit of a um, a little bit of uh, controversy when we're talking about technology and well-being, especially when it comes to education. Because, of course, if we're talking about education, we're talking and a lot of the time about uh, children, younguns. The young'uns, as they are, oh, they are oh, the young'uns. They love that. They love the technology. The young'uns. They're very good on their phones, aren't they? Oh yes. Oh, they know exactly what they're doing. No, they don't. They don't know anything about anything else apart from perhaps maybe TikTok, uh, Snapchat, and um, no. To be honest, I'm so old. Those are the only two references to current social media technology that I know. <laughs> but we're going to be talking about well-being. We're going to be talking about does technology can technology add to a feeling of well-being when it comes to uh, students when it comes to teachers uh, because that's also equally important we've got to get the teachers in it's teachers talk radio it's not students talk radio you know it's one of the, this is this is why I like doing this show because it's uh, it's one of those things where you can kind of shift the focus a little bit towards teachers because well-being of teachers, um, is an incredibly large issue, especially during these wonderful times of uh, pandemics. So what we need to think about is we need to think about how can we push technology or should we push technology uh, in reference to well-being, in reference to mental health, physical health, and so on and so forth. Um, what do we really mean by well-being and what do we really mean by technology? Um, but before we get onto those very heady, very heady, very deep uh, Sunday evening conversations. 
Um, I want to introduce a bit into the show. Um, I uh, last time that I was on this show, I it was a pretty free, uh, you know, a free flowing kind of gig. You know, um, I was very nervous. Uh, I, I had um, speaking of technology, I've got two screens in front of me. I've got a mobile phone. I've got a keyboard, an RGB keyboard. Have you seen those things? Oh, they're amazing. It's it's like living in the future. It's a keyboard that has different colors and it shines. If you ever watch streaming videos of gamers, they all have them. And I thought to myself, well, what a good idea. Not for gaming, obviously, because I have um, the reactions of a 41-year-old man. So therefore, I keep getting pwned by uh, lots of different people when it comes to gaming. But um, we've got this light-up, I've got this light-up keyboard in front of me. So it, I can pretend that I'm in Tron and I can write at night. Um, and with that extremely awkward segue, we're going to go to the first bit. The first bit, I've decided to look at a particular type of technology and maybe give people some recommendations. But before I do that, let's have a quick look on the chat that I've got up here. Um, uh, Seema saying, well, you know, blessing or a curse, it depends on how you use the technology, I think. Um, I am I'm kind of leaning towards Seema's view there. I think technology in itself isn't particularly uh, inherently evil or inherently good. It's how it's used, what it's used for, whether it's overused, whether it's underused. Um, but yeah, thank you for that comment, Seema. That's really, really good. Um, so uh, the bit, uh, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting off track. Um, the bit, the bit is, I'm going to recommend uh, particular types of technology every week. Uh, sorry, every uh, every other su every two Sundays, um, uh, because I think. We can talk about all these general things about technology, but if you don't have some concrete examples, then, you know, what's the point? You know, I'm an assistive technology advisor, so uh, I'm going to spend some of this show advising you about, well, perhaps not assistive technology, but technology in general. Now, I was thinking about well-being, and I was chatting to teachers earlier on um, on Twitter, which is my social media drug of choice, um, and I was I was trying to get teachers to write because um, I am very concerned with teacher voice and who who speaks for teachers. Uh, personally, I would prefer it if teachers spoke for themselves. But for the longest time, we've had lots of other people um, kind of chucking their oar in about what teachers should be doing or what's the best thing teachers should be doing. And we haven't really heard from very many practicing teachers. Uh, this has changed a quite a fair lot, fair bit over the last, uh, uh, you know, the last 10 years. Um, Last 10 years, we would have had educationalists talking about education. But now, uh, due to the advent of social media, uh, we have actual practicing teachers uh, writing, tweeting, uh, letting people into the kind of world that they are experiencing. But one of the issues is, of course, um, uh, writing. You know, teachers, oh my goodness me, so many pressures anyway. Uh, if, you want to, um, if you want to think about, you know, writing about your job, um, when do you do it? When I started writing about teaching, when I was back being a teacher, I was suffering from chronic insomnia. So that is the only way that I had time to actually write about my day job was because I couldn't sleep. So I did it at night, um, which is also the reason why a lot of my writing uh, sounds like an absolute nightmare 
fueled uh, nonsense because I was very, very sleep deprived. But I, w- I put out a tweet and I was, I said, you know, well done to everybody, all the practicing teachers who write at the same time. Um, you know, I wish there was more of it. And so I thought to, you know, really awkwardly segue into the first bit, we're going to look at writing and write and we're going to look at the bare bones we're going to go back to basics today back to basics when it comes to the tools that we are using now the tools that we're using today um i don't know about yourselves your good selves out there uh you're probably very focused people um in comparison to myself just about anybody who ever listens to this is probably an incredibly focused person because i have a general chaos around me when it comes to trying to concentrate on a particular task. Uh, and, and writing was one of those tasks. So one of the things that helped me was instead of having um, a word processor that perhaps wasn't um, exactly the most focused thing, uh, Word's great, Google Docs is great. You know, these, are, these have got some really, really good features actually within the programs. I think that could possibly be a a different show in itself, to be honest. Um, but there are uh, there are different types of technology out there. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to simplify my life. I wanted to get back to the basics. So um, today's uh, technology bit is looking at distraction-free word processors um, that you can uh, find online or you can download. Um, and I think in each of these cases, there's a free version of each of the things that I'm going to recommend because, um, you know, this is really, really helpful for people who are easily distracted. Um, it's helpful for people who, uh, I don't know about you, but when I have uh, a task to do, even if it is something that I enjoy greatly, like writing, um, if, if there is a deadline, if there's a deadline uh, looming, then we need to think to ourselves, I, well, if there's a deadline looming, everything becomes more important to me. Every single task becomes more important to me. And the internet although a wonderful source of information and a wonderful source of many different things is a perfect procrastination machine. Sometimes I spent, you know, I, you know, I spend time looking at cat videos. I don't even like cats. You know, I spent time, I spent time today looking at a young man who was the number one champion in the world, pencil twirler. What? Why? Why? I mean, he was amazing. Don't get me wrong. He was absolutely brilliant. You should have seen some of the stuff he was doing. It was incredible. But why am I even there? I was there because I had an article to write uh, for a couple of days time. I just didn't want to do it. So distraction free writers, let's get down to the bare bones of it. Um, Distraction free writers are uh, word processors that don't do anything else. They uh, take away all the extraneous things that are not needed when you are writing. And they helped me greatly when I was doing my own writing. So let's have a look and see what we've got. In at number one, in my opinion, is uh, Calmly Writer. Calmly Writer is an online app for free. You can use it for free. You could go and have a look at it at the moment. I'll put links down to each of these uh, technologies um, at the end of the show in the description for the downloaded version. Um, but yeah, uh, Calmly Writer is a, a very beautiful looking app that does nothing but allow you to write. It gives you a beautiful, uh, clutter-free, uh, white, white, snow-white uh, canvas of a uh, page, and then you just write. You can do a couple of cool things. It has um, focus modes that block out. You, you can block out other 
parts of your writing and just go for one line or one paragraph. Uh, you can, and I love this bit. I love the, I love this. You can add typewriter sounds so you can uh, get some kind of audio feedback on your writing. It also means that you can pretend to be in a 1950s movie about a newsroom, you know, like, oh, it's brilliant, brilliant. Um, but it hasn't got all these buttons. It doesn't, you're not worrying about formatting. You're not worrying about um, changing things. You're not worrying about, if you use it on a computer that doesn't have internet, you're not worrying about the internet. And believe you me, I've had to do that many many a time uh but yeah uh for kind of aesthetic properties check out calmly writer it's a really really good program uh that would be my third now uh my second is only my second because of its inherently evil nature and as somebody who is inherently evil myself it really it really it calls to me you know i like it i like it a lot it means that i can sit there rubbing my hands and cackling um my second choice is the most dangerous writing app the most dangerous writing app is um an online tool that um you are given a goal or you can set your own goal or you're given a topic and then you have to write you know you're thinking oh well that doesn't sound that evil but here's the thing if you don't reach your goal whether it be your words or your minutes in one setting without stopping, it will delete everything that you've written. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. There's nothing like a bit of extra fear to get you to do something properly, you know? Um, so yeah, that would be my second uh, recommendation. The most dangerous writing app, free online. Um, I will uh, put links in. Um, yeah, you've gotta be brave to use that one though. You've gotta be bra brave or foolhardy, uh, either one of the two, either one of the two, because um, there is a very good chance that you could lose absolutely everything that you create. But I like living on the edge like that, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here, uh, well, you know, it's, it's getting late on, I'm drinking a coffee, yeah? Oh yeah, I know, right? So yeah, uh, the most dangerous writing app, really uh, kind of a, it's not particularly serious tool, but it's uh, one that appeals to me because it's just really, really mean. And it's like, you, you write or you lose it. You're, and sometimes you need that. You need that kind of push. Okay, and last but not least is a classic. It's an uh, oldie but a goldie. And it's, a, it's called Focus Writer. Focus Writer is simply a very simple word processor that doesn't do much else. What you can do is you can download it onto a USB stick and you can um, keep it as a portable word processor wherever you go, which is really nice. The interface is very, very clean. You can choose from a number of different themes. You can tailor your um, background color and your text color, but it is all it does. It just lets you write. It gets out of the way and lets, lets you do the one thing that you need to do. So teachers, please, please write about your experiences. And if you find that you are distracted, then use one of these recommendations. There's, there's loads more out there, to be honest. Um, even uh, Word has focus mode and uh, Google Drive, uh, sorry, Google Docs has focus mode as well. So if those, are your, if those are your poison, do that. But whatever you do, whether it's, you know, whether you're using Word, Docs, one of these focus writers, one all these recommendations, whether you're using a pen or paper, quill and parchment, please, teachers, get something written. We need your voice out there because otherwise it will just be appropriated by other people who don't know what the heck they're talking about. So have a go, write a blog, write a newsletter, 
uh, start tweeting if you haven't already. It's really, really good to hear about people. I'm not on the front line anymore. So I am, uh, I, I've done my bit. I'm, I'm in retirement from the teaching industry. Um, so uh, it's up to people who are in it, you know, up to people in it who are talking about it, especially now in this, this, this crazy age of upheaval. You know, we need to know what teachers are thinking and what they're having to deal with because they're having to deal with a lot. So get your voice out there. If you're distracted, use a distraction-free word processor and you too could have a fairly middling uh, uh, career in uh, writing like I did. <laughs> so that's my first thing. That's my bit. I should have a, um, oh, now that I'm thinking about it, I should have had like an intro uh let's let's think about let's think about that let's have a tom's technology bit i'll get that sorted out for next time i'll get that sorted out for next time because um uh yeah you know it's professional it's a professional uh professional gig this gotta get it gotta get it right can't do can't, you can't do your own jingles and that was a bit of that wasn't really a jingle that was more jungle wasn't it that was like uh tom's technology bit anyway um, Distraction-free writers, really handy uh, for um, lots of different things. Handy for people who want to get everything out of the way. Handy for uh, students who are, strangely enough, easily distracted. Um, I've recommended it in my own job where uh, I have students who are on the ADHD spectrum or, uh, we could, or who are um, lead, lead, leading fairly chaotically organized lives um just to give them a little bit of peace and i think that's what that's about and there's a whole kind of genre of technology that is distraction free and this is another awkward segue into um kind of our main topic at the moment which is going to be uh well-being and technology in education now the kind of pop the popularity of such things like distraction-free word processors or programs that you have to use um to ensure that you don't use the internet have you seen those i mean really good good example of something like that is um forest forest is a uh, is a uh, mobile app that um has a really nice interface that basically is you set a time that you're going to leave your phone alone um, and you're just going to go and live your life without your mobile phone, without that tiny little mirror looking back at you, giving you all those kind of tiny little endorphin rushes when somebody likes your tweet and whatnot. Um, but it tells you, you know, you've, you set, you can set it down for any amount of time and so on and so forth. And then you leave your phone alone. And as you leave your phone alone, a little digital tree grows. Oh, it's so, it's so lovely. A little digital tree grows. And the more you leave it alone, the closer you get to your target, then the tree blossoms. You know, you're creating a little digital, little digital kind of uh, uh, forest, you know? Oh, oh, that's why they call it forest. Um, so, yeah, that's really, really, it's a really nice idea. But that type of technology, and when we talk about well-being, um, then the necessity of that type of technology, a technology that, in fact, limits your use of technology, does seem to me to be a little bit of a red flag when it comes to well-being when it comes to technology use and well-being um i'm hesitant to use the word addiction when it comes to anything to do with anything uh, in in all honesty but um i think that there is uh overuse um 
I, I mean, I myself um, find it extremely difficult to uh, be uh, to try and focus on something and not be distracted by the all manner of uh, circus uh, circus rides and um, freak shows that the internet offers. But um, but I have but I have to use distraction free writers. People have to use Forest. I couldn't really use Forest because I could not actually get to the target and i kept killing these trees and i couldn't i, I couldn't i couldn't put up with the guilt i like i never it's like it's like real life house plants i've never been able to get one to survive and it was the same with digital plants that uh when you because i was i was forever picking up my phone you know i said i said it to put the phone down for an hour and you know it was telling me that i picked it up fi like five times and the forest's on fire you know so um it never really worked for me but it does work for a lot of people but um uh, what I'm talking about really is that if there is a kind of market for being a uh, limiting technology, then perhaps um, technology and well-being is not uh, a match made in heaven, as it were. So, yeah, um, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, some specific apps. I mean, well-being is all well and good, as it were. And there have been some very successful products uh, in regards to uh, mental well-being, uh, emotional health. Um, one of them that kind of pops up uh, to my, in my head is Headspace. Um, we've seen, uh, you may have used the app itself. We've, uh, it's advertised heavily now on television, uh, especially over um, the times of the pandemic. Um, and it's about, uh, well, to, not to put, it's about meditation, really. Meditation, breathing, um, uh, mindfulness, which is a really big kind of, uh, I, I, I don't want to say buzzword because mindfulness has existed for, you know, uh, countless centuries uh, linked to Buddhism. So I'm not going to say it's a buzzword, but um, uh, we, have, we have these apps that um, advertise themselves as helping your mental health. And helping um, you to be happier sometimes, helping you to be healthier, helping you to um, not be as anxious. Um, in my particular role, I work with um, a, uh, a wide variety of people, a wide variety of students, wide variety of staff. Um, and because of the nature of the department that I work in, which is disability services, we see lots of people who have uh, who are um, undergoing. Uh, issues when it comes to mental health i mean personally i i i am i still have my own issues about mental health i had uh, i one of the reasons i had to stop teaching is because um i was suffering from depression anxiety and ptsd like symptoms uh, in regards to some of the places where i was working i medicate every single day um to ensure that i don't go back to that type of place and when you think about the kind of seriousness of some of these issues, um, I do tend to wonder, well, can technology, can apps help with some of these things? Should they be allowed to try and help with some of these things? So if you're listening, um, here's a question. Uh, when it comes to uh, well-being, is technology a blessing or a curse? Um, you can sit on the fence if you want and say, you know, oh, Tom, come on. Oh, come on now. It's somewhere in between. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I know. But I think people do have quite strong feelings about um, about these things. And I'm not one for I'm not one for kind of um, getting splinters up me. So I'm going to, you know, you take us pick a side, people. 
pick a side. I don't want to be all aggressive on a Sunday night. I know that we've all got other things to be getting on with. Um, uh, Seema's saying, I, I'm going to say blessing. Good for you, Seema. That's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about getting on one side of the fence or the other. Um, working as I do, have done and working as I do with uh, in the areas of mental health, in the areas of deprivation and in the areas of technology, my thinking about this is really, really muddled. Um, so perhaps you can help me uh, in this show to try and get a bit of clarity on the whole situation. So technology in, and well-being in education, is it a blessing or is it a curse? That's something that I'd like you to have a think on. And uh, whilst you're having a think about that, I'm going to play you uh, a little bit of uh, news and such. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cats. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources, specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. extensive research into the importance of the early years. Oxford University has involved nearly 4,000 children from across the UK in three specially developed science lessons. The aim of the lessons is to educate pupils about brain development during early childhood. The SCENE project, Secondary Education Around Early Neurodevelopment, is part of a drive to increase public understanding of how early experiences can shape the adults we become. Dr Elizabeth Rapper, Senior Scientist at University of Oxford, comments on the university website, in the same way that we teach children about the risks of smoking or poor diet, children also need to know about why experiences in our early childhood years are so important for later health. Just one in four adults recognise the importance of the first five years of life for providing lifelong health and happiness. The lessons taught the neuroscience of brain development and what that means in terms of how a child grows and develops, as well as focusing on specifics such as how a caregiver should speak to a baby to promote their language development. Schools in some regions are once again facing closure, although this time it's the weather rather than the pandemic that is to blame. ITV News reports that snow and ice led to the full or partial closure of schools across Yorkshire. The closures were largely due to staffing issues as many staff struggled to get into school after yellow weather warnings for snow and ice were issued. The cold weather also prompted an article in the Metro focusing on the temperature inside schools as many try to increase ventilation to mitigate the transmission of coronavirus. 
The article reminds readers that there is no minimum temperature recommended for schools in current legislation, but that schools should follow all health and safety guidance to ensure pupils and staff are kept safe. On the official government website, .gov.uk, the Education Hub features a story from University's Minister Michelle Donnellan. The piece entitled, What I Wish I Knew About Uni Before I Started, offers the Minister's top tips around topics such as UCAS deadlines, maintaining your mental health during both the application process and starting a course, and advice about funding and the Turing scheme, which replaced the Erasmus scheme. The website also includes a link to the video recording of the interview. In further higher education news, the Nigerian Tribune reports on a regional conference which is investigating the impact of private universities on public universities in Africa. The event was held at Babcock University and has the support of the University of Texas at Austin and the Carnegie Corporation of New York. Professor Toyin Falola, conference leader, stated we are studying five countries, Ghana, Nigeria, Uganda, Kenya and South Africa. The conference aims to focus on developing the knowledge economy and how it can be improved. The project intends to assess the performance of private universities and understand the impact they are having on public universities in driving up standards, increasing student recruitment and improving the range of courses on offer in all institutions. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Happy New Year! This is the first in a short series on the New Year's resolution a lot of us make and the effect tech can have on it. Can technology really help us get fit and healthy? According to the Fitness Industry Association, around 80% of people who sign up to a gym in January stop going in February. Can technology provide a free alternative? Now before I start I need to throw down a disclaimer here. I am assuming you already have a mobile device that is capable of running apps, therefore the cost of the device is written off, and I take no responsibility for any pain, both physical and or mental that you will inflict on yourself. You are responsible for your own scaling and moderation. That being said, there are thousands of free fitness apps out there. The first barrier for teachers is time. School Week have reported one in four teachers working over 60 hours a week, so in a 12-hour day, where do you fit a workout in? If the gym's out of the question, what are the other alternatives that are time flexible? Let's start with some totally free options. YouTube is full of fitness videos and challenges from sit-ups and press-ups to squats and chin-ups. A more extreme example is Athlene X. This channel is dedicated to workouts with pro trainer Jeff Cavalier. Some claim it to make a difference in just 7 minutes a day. This may seem crazy, but 7 minutes is a lot more than nothing and adds up to more than 3 quarters of an hour per week. If you're more of a social media motivated person, how about one of the many fitness tracking apps for walking, running or cycling? Most have a free basic package and in-app purchases for additional features. If I use Strava as an example, a free basic package allows you to track your exercise, join friends, set challenges and meet people around the globe with similar interests. My only word of warning would be to ensure you consider your profile settings to keep yourself safe. Hiding the start and end of a walk, run or ride, for example, will stop your home being shown on a map. For most people pushed to time, this will be where you start and end your exercise. Also, if you exercise regularly at the same time, this could be showing the world where you're likely to be or when your house is empty. For those who want to start softly and just be a bit more active, a less intensive option may be having a step counting app. Again, there are lots of different apps out there. My example is Sweatcoin, a free app that allows you to earn Sweatcoins, a form of digital currency that can be traded in the Sweatcoin store for discount codes, vouchers, and even given to good causes. This is a simple app and can run in the background, so you don't even need to remember to switch it on. Finally, calorie counter apps are a great way to look at what is actually going on in your body in the first place. On apps like MyFitnessPal, you can log your weight, calorie consumption, calorie output and also have the ability to sync this with other fitness apps so you don't need to log your exercise twice. 
As long as you're honest and log all of those glasses of Prosecco, not just the first, you're rewarded with detailed feedback on not only your calorie intake and output, but where those calories came from. Whatever you choose to do for the new you in the new year, why not do a bit of looking around and see what you can pick up for free first? I'll leave you with one of my favourite sayings, anyone can do nothing. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2021 Twitter feed. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? You know, Steve Steve gets a Steve gets a jingle. Steve the tech guy gets a jingle. What do I get? I get me doing a drum and bass beatbox. Um Ah, yeah, lovely. Thank, thanks, uh, Teachers Talk Radio. That's a, that's great. Thank you so much. No, but that's a very interesting point, and it and it really, really, really kind of marries in with what we're talking about today. Uh, well-being uh, and education, uh, educational technology, technology educational well-being. What is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Um, let me give you some examples of uh, apps that are specifically looking at well-being. In this case. Um, uh, usually mental health, uh, and we'll look at these particular apps and what they do, and then perhaps discuss what this might look like in an educational setting. So um, Headspace has already been mentioned once already uh, in this uh, in this um, this here radio show. So Headspace is an app that uh, it concentrates on mindfulness in everybody's day-to-day lives, where there may be too th- too many things going on where perhaps uh, people are becoming uh, anxious, people are becoming um, having adverse reactions to the kind of general busyness, uh, the day-to-day business that we all find ourselves in. Um, it supposedly um, uh, helps with anxiety, supposedly helps with a number of other different things and allows uh, a certain amount of, well, headspace um, to think about or not think about things um, uh, if you've seen the adverts, you know what I'm talking about. It's you know, um, it's very popular. Um, uh, you know, you have that very calming voiced man on the adverts speaking like that, and making sure that everything is going to be okay. Now, you may think I'm cynical about that kind of thing, but I'm not. I'm not. I think you know, if it helps, it helps. It doesn't matter in what form it is. Um, so you know, you got to be. You got. You know, you got to. You got to take. You've got to take your relief where, where you can, really. Um, so Headspace is a big one. Um, one, of the, one of the ones, one of my favorite um, types of this type of technology is Brain in Hand. Brain in Hand is uh, both a digital service and, and in, well, in-person remote service for um, people who suffer from anxiety, for people who are on the autistic spectrum, for people who are struggling with uh, the organization of their lives who are struggling with um, many different things. Brain in Hand, as the name suggests, um, is basically uh, a digital PA system, uh, PA, a personal assistant, um, which allows, uh, it allows you uh, to um, uh, track your own habits. Um, and many of the users uh, are, like myself, um, uh, suffer from anxiety and other um, and other issues. Uh, so it allows users to track their own habits, identify when they may be having, say, a peak in anxiety. Um, uh, it allows them to identify uh, ways of going about how to deal with that anxiety. But but that does it both online digitally, but it also has 
a, a focus on real people, real counselors, uh, you know, people with um, real people who are trained to deal with these types of things. That's, and I think that combination of the human and the digital is probably the golden mix for me when it comes to uh, uh, apps that are specifically looking at well-being, in this case, mental health, um, because it's a very, very tricky area. You know, it's, you know, and this is something that I'm going to talk a little bit more, a little bit later on in the show, is how much should these things be kind of siphoned off to computers, to digital tools, to um, artificial intelligence in some cases. And I'll talk about uh, an example of that in a second. Um, uh, but for me, brain in hand has that great combination of professionals, uh, human professionals, uh, making sure that they are looking at a personalized method for everybody who's using the service, but also including remote tools, digital tools that are easily accessible at any time of the day. I think it's really, really good. If you um, want to check it out, once again, I'll put the link to Brain in Hand um, at the end of the site. It's something that I've always found really, really impressive when it comes to uh, digital well-being um, and uh, using digital tools to increase well-being. So that's something that. Now, I was talking about AI, uh, or artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is a funny one. Um, we have, uh, in popular culture, we have artificial intelligence is, uh, in popular culture, looked upon rather uh, worryingly. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I, I don't think Skynet's happening anytime soon, but I also believe that artificial intelligence can do some wonderful things. But to be honest, artificial intelligence is only artificially intelligent as the people who are programming it, which means that perhaps that is not the best case scenario. But anyway, um, when it comes to mental health, and this is something that kind of shocked me when I first found out about this. Um, it's something that kind of, uh, this is something that kind of, I, I went, oh, really? Um, but anyway, you may have heard of it. It's an app called Wobot. Um, I don't know what they were thinking with the name. <laughs> it's it's it, Wo Wobot W O E B O T. Uh, I know it's I know it's a play on the word robot, but Wo. Ah, oh, come on, come on, guys. But anyway, Wobot is an artificial intelligence that leads the user uh, to using certain um, uh, therapeutic uh, therapeutic paths to a series of problems that they might be having. Um, when I say AI, um, it's like the, it's, it's a bit like the mental health version of those uh, pop-up calls that um, you get when you're on the web, where the customer service ones, you know, you know, hello, how are you doing? And you, you, you kind of like, oh, hang on, am I talking to a real person or am I talking to a machine? And it's usually a machine, to be honest. But Wobot, takes that idea and has uh, and uses artificial intelligence and machine learning to a certain extent to question the user, get responses from the user, and then recommend uh, different therapies. Um, uh, CPT, uh, CBT in, in this case. Uh, I don't think you could do anything else really because a lot of the onus on the work has to come from the person who's using it. Wobot just is a really clever way of suggesting different things to do. You know, hi, you know, you, a conversation might go along like, hi, Wobot, I'm feeling a little bit anxious today. And then Wobot may ask, 
what has been making you feel anxious and then you know you know on some level, you know that you're talking to a robot, but also on some level, it means that it's a little bit easier to give voice to some of the issues that you may be having. But it's still a uh, artificial intelligence who is involved in the mental health of the user. Once again, is technology a blessing or a curse? Um, you've got to be really careful. If I was writing the algorithm or if I was writing kind of like the automation for Wobot, I would be racked with my own anxiety about making sure that I get it right. Because this is serious stuff. You know, people's people's well-being, people's mental health, physical health, uh, whatever, you know, this is very, very serious stuff. This is things that could lead to all sorts of, you know, really dark problems. So when it comes to um, allowing an artificial intelligence, that kind of, um, I don't know, allowing it that kind of power over somebody. Um, when I first when I first heard about this particular product, I was like, oh, what? Whoa, what? Seriously, really? And I was thinking, okay, there's all sorts of problems that might come along with this. You know, what if the wrong suggestion is given? What if uh, something that the AI does triggers the person to do uh, themselves some form of harm? Um, then I saw it, and... To be honest, Wobot isn't supposed to be your only port of call if you have a particular issue. Um, it can be used in conjunction with actual real therapy. It can be used in conjunction. And it's really, it's really quite quaint, you know, from I went from thinking, oh, my gosh, we're, we're going to, you know, the, the robots are taking over to, oh, actually, that's quite sweet. Because basically what it is, it's a mirror. Uh, the questions that Woba asked you after you put in information, it's basically getting you to think about yourself and think about what you are doing, what you are feeling and the situation that you are in, but pretending that it's somebody else on the other end of the line talking. Um, it's free to use. Uh, if you uh, email on the website, like I said, I put a, I'll put a little, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll put a little uh, link in. Um, yeah, so those are more specific uh, apps that are, um, to do with, you know, mental health in, you know, in no uncertain terms. Um, also, we have to think about the educational situation. Um, help with mental health when it comes to young people uh, at this present time is uh, way, way below where it should be at the moment. Um, for instance, uh, one of the most stark uh, illustrations of this is the waiting time for CAMS. Uh, we have young people who are uh, in emotional and mental distress that are, give, are having waiting times of years to see some form of uh, help. Uh, so perhaps when it comes to these kind of things, perhaps there is a gap in provision that uh, technology can kind of step into. Perhaps uh, if there is no other alternative, perhaps Wobot is the best way to go. I don't really, I, I, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not 100% sure, but there are things out there. And as I say, I mean, teachers as adults, we can kind of think to ourselves, okay, this is a good tool, this isn't a good tool. Uh, you can make a value judgment about something. Um, children, it's a little bit different. So um, we have to be very, very careful. And also you have to think to yourself, well, just because there is a gap, does it have to be filled with something uh, like 
artificial intelligence or does it have to be filled with digital technology? Uh, as I mentioned a bit earlier on in the show, um, there's a whole industry around uh, trying to stop people using technology because it is distracting, perhaps because it means that you procrastinate, because it means that you aren't doing the things that perhaps you should be doing. Um, we're all guilty of that. We're all guilty of that. I'm guilty of that myself. Um, uh, I'm not going to tell you how guilty I am of it because, you know, who knows? Uh, people might be listening. Uh, but you have to think about these things as, um, as what they are. And it's, I said this in my last, last show because, um, because of my work history. This technology, uh, mental health apps, um, uh, habit trackers, that kind of that you can use to kind of just uh, uh, see for yourself what you're doing on a daily basis. Um, one of my favorites in that uh, regard is Habitica. Habitica is a lot of fun. It's a little RPG game that means that you can, uh, if you stick to the plan that you've made or you uh, make certain achievements in your own real life, you get little digital rewards. I love that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it looks like a little, it looks like a 16-bit uh, SNES game. Um, check yeah, check Habitica out if you are, are a bit of a gamer and you want a little bit more structure in your life. It's a perfect combo. Um, but uh, yeah, but anyway, so uh, to what extent do we give over the these these or should we give over these services to technology? Me, no, no, no. We need to sort. I think that we need to sort them out. But it does mean that there is a gap in these things. Teachers are often called upon to uh, help students who are in emotional distress, to help students who may be, um, who may be suffering from mental illness. Um, can these tools help teachers uh, when they're faced with something like that? Uh, so, yeah, once again, you know, back to the, the main thrust of this particular program, uh, well-being and technology in education. Is it a blessing? Is it a curse? I've talked about some examples of how technology can be utilized to try to help uh, in the cases of uh, apps that look at mental health and uh, well-being, emotional well-being. Um, but there is another side. There is that kind of darker side. Um, I am really, 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 really hesitant when it comes to overuse of technology in young people. It may be because I'm getting old. I think probably it is, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> years old. So what I'm starting to see is something that I've never seen before in my own life, which is a, a reliance on uh, mobile technology, on internet access, um, and so on and so forth. Um, this th this is this is going to make this is going to uh, this is going to kind of like indicate my age. Um, uh, right, first time. Oh, right, first time that I used the internet. I was at university. First time I used the internet, I was at university, and there was there was somebody in my one of my sessions, and he says, "You got to have a look at this," and I was like, "What is it?" And he's like, "Oh, you can you can you can you can get anything," and I was like, "What? What do you mean?" And he's like, "Oh, you can you can just find out anything," and I was like, "Ah, oh, good lord, why am I at university then?" <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work. That kind of you can Google it thing doesn't work. But it was really good for getting song lyrics. At that time, that is basically my pro the primary function that I use the internet back in the day was to get song lyrics, so I could uh, try to um, uh, so I could try and be better in the awful awful uh, student band that I was in. But 
what that means is that we've not seen i've not seen um uh the kind of reliance on technology uh that we see uh now there is a dark side to uh technology and mental health um when it comes to things like social media i am not blaming technology for people being absolute absolute ass hats it's not fair to blame at all if the tool is being used um uh in a destructive way i think um so what i see is and because of the nature of the students who i used to work with a lot of my career has been working in alternative provision and pros in areas of high deprivation with students who have all sorts of things going on um but uh the facility to be awful is always extended when it comes to social media it's an extension of some of the things the terrible things that happen uh, face to face there seems to be um a kind of habit of uh, overspill of issues within institutions going out of institutions because of social media um i don't think there'll be a, i don't think there'll be a teacher in a land who hasn't had a problem uh within the last 5 years of uh bullying or comments or um just general nastiness uh online um and that's and that, that's children you know i mean i think we can all be victims of um terrible things online but when it comes to children who are trying to form their own kind of social situations at the moment it is it, 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 it can be absolutely devastating you know uh when it comes to things like bullying when it comes to um ways that you can uh, incessantly and uh almost constantly um try to belittle somebody uh, you know and that's not that's not that's not the re- that's not the it's not what it's there for but you know humans are humans and they're going to act in a human way and sometimes that's not the best way in the world so that's a for me that's got to be that's got to be a kind of uh you know curse really do i think that we should kind of remove all phones and live in a live a pastoral existence uh for kids no no i don't i don't because they're fantastic tools i mentioned it in the last session uh assistive technology has come on leaps and bounds because of smartphones but i do think that there is a argument for uh, a limit arguments for limits and i think that goes for adults as well um because uh, and then once again we're back to that distraction free thing there's a there's an argument for limits why not let schools be one of the only places where you can get a break from that kind of thing because um you know a break from a a break from a screen a break from the constant the constant and ever present knowledge of everything you know that's a big burden to take on that's a lot to shoulder you know yeah you know you, you you've got all this information all this entertainment all this ease you've got all access to all people whether they be wonderful or whether they not be wonderful but sometimes you just need to switch off i reckon and i think that's probably more the case when it comes to children so when it comes to well-being and technology which is the focus of our show today um in some ways i think that we can utilize technology oh i am oh god i'm doing my own fence sitting thing now aren't i you know uh, all apologies everybody who wanted me to come out kind of like come out strong on one side 
or the other. But this is the thing. I want you to try. I want you to try and persuade me. You know, well, I want you to try and uh, you know give give me give me some uh, give me some arguments. See me. Bless you. You'd be you're doing great. You know, technology can be used for anything. Your phone can be used for anything, for ease, for paying for things, for switching lights on, turning on appliances. Mad. Yeah, this is this is the thing, Seema. You know, I spend a lot of my time. This for me, that's a benefit because I spend a lot of my time uh, working with students who uh, have disabilities, and things like home automation for somebody who has mobility issues. Ah, oh, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Alexa, please turn the lights on. You know, Alexa, could you make sure that this is uh, open for me at this particular time? You know, Alexa, can you ensure that that no, that you wouldn't really talk to Alexa like that, would you? <laughs> Alexa, can you ensure that you do this at this particular point in time? Because I believe that this is what we're doing. No, um, but home automation when it comes to technology and well-being, particularly for those with disabilities. Yeah, that's that's on the other side. That's got to be a positive, um, you know. And it's it's relatively cheap now. It's relatively cheap, uh, you know. Smart plugs, um, Google Mini, Google Minis, uh, you know, um, Amazon. Uh, all these all these different devices um, are relatively cheap, uh, which means that you can. Uh, in the case of home automation, you can increase your ind independence if you have uh, issues with mobility. Uh, and I think, wow, that, what, how, if there's kind of like an argument for the increase of well being uh, and uh, for technology um, uh, in education as well as outside, I think it's got to be that is that you can uh, create an environment that is friendlier for you. If you have particular issues, I mean that's that's incredible. That's incredible. Alexa, turn the oven on. You know, but I do feel sorry for people actually called Alexa at this 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 current time though, because that must be an absolute nightmare. You know, because people think they're funny, don't they? And it'll be like, oh Alexa, oh, yeah, you did that. Oh, you're going to do that. Uh, uh. Yeah, that must be an absolute nightmare. Um, so if there's anybody called Alexa watching. Um, you have my deepest sympathies. Don't listen to idiots. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, is technology in education? Let's think about education in particular. Um, the increase in technology use in education has never been more prevalent than these current times. You know, these interesting times that we live in. The shift from in person to remote. Uh, the shift from um, the shift from. Uh, ensuring that you have everything in front of you to uh, making sure that your internet service would be able to handle uh, Teams meetings or Seesaw, uh, the Seesaw platform or, um, or whatever platform that you're using. That was one of the difficult things, wasn't it? There were so many different platforms that people were using. Um, but, oh, hello, Norm. I think, uh, yeah, that's great. Listen, if you want to get into the chat, get in, you, you really should because we've got some really, really good comments going on for the moment. Um, so the thing is this. Um, home automation is great and therefore fantastic. Uh, dependency on technology to uh, help with bullying. Eh, not so great. Um Thinking more educational-wise uh, for well-being, 
I don't know about you, but I find it particularly difficult to gauge somebody else's well-being remotely. Um, it's really, really, really difficult. I'm not saying I have a sixth sense for any of this type of stuff because I don't. I'm, um, I'm, I'm not the most kind of sensitive of people in, in any way, shape or form. Um, but I think having being physically close to somebody to uh, making sure that you have that kind of, you know, you have that kind of interaction face-to-face -face interaction with students, with other members of staff, if you're working in the school, I think you can, there are uh, non-verbal signals or just uh, intuitions and feelings, um, not to get too, you know, hippy-dippy about it, but, you know, you know how your students act, you know when something's a little bit out of character, and it means that you can address it immediately. Um, when it comes to uh, remote learning, that kind of, uh, well-being uh, or looking after a student's well-being I find it very very difficult extremely difficult because um, uh, for, I think remote learning means that students can mask things uh, better I think it means that there's less immediacy to communication um, and I think that it means that you don't really have the perceptive skills that you would have in a face-to-face um, environment uh, but then again so uh, you know uh, well-being technology does remote learning uh, affect well-being in a negative way uh, possibly because we can't pick up on some of the signals that perhaps a student is not um, uh, is having a, a hard time with something but also you know on the other side even in this particular case you know well-being and technology when it comes to remote learning you know uh, Remote learning is a fantastic boon when it comes to uh, well-being for many different students. You know, uh, those with physical disabilities, you know, don't have to uh, visit certain places. Can be in an environment that they feel comfortable in. That's not that's a crash generalization, by the way. And I'll admit that it's not remote learning isn't the kind of be all and end all when it comes to uh, students with disabilities. Uh, let me just point that out. I think I've pointed that out before. But in general, there are some things that are easier. But anyway, um, let me stop blathering on for a little while. And uh, let me give you a uh, dose of that good, a second dose, as it were, a booster dose of um, uh, news and other such things. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources, specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org. 
This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. Following extensive research into the importance of the early years, Oxford University has involved nearly 4,000 children from across the UK in three specially developed science lessons. The aim of the lessons is to educate pupils about brain development during early childhood. The SCENE project, Secondary Education Around Early Neurodevelopment, is part of a drive to increase public understanding of how early experiences can shape the adults we become. Dr Elizabeth Rapper, Senior Scientist at University of Oxford, comments on the university website, In the same way that we teach children about the risks of smoking or poor diet, children also need to know about why experiences in our early childhood years are so important for later health. Just one in four adults recognise the importance of the first five years of life for providing lifelong health and happiness. The lessons taught the neuroscience of brain development and what that means in terms of how a child grows and develops, as well as focusing on specifics such as how a caregiver should speak to a baby to promote their language development. Schools in some regions are once again facing closure although this time it's the weather rather than the pandemic that is to blame. ITV News reports that snow and ice led to the full or partial closure of schools across Yorkshire. The closures were largely due to staffing issues as many staff struggled to get into school after yellow weather warnings for snow and ice were issued. The cold weather also prompted an article in the Metro focusing on the temperature inside schools as many try to increase ventilation to mitigate the transmission of coronavirus. The article reminds readers that there is no minimum temperature recommended for schools in current legislation, but that schools should follow all health and safety guidance to ensure pupils and staff are kept safe. On the official government website, .gov.uk, the Education Hub features a story from Universities Minister Michelle Donnellan. The piece entitled, What I Wish I Knew About Uni Before I Started?, offers the Minister's top tips around topics such as UCAS deadlines, maintaining your mental health during both the application process and starting a course, and advice about funding and the Turing scheme, which replaced the Erasmus scheme. The website also includes a link to the video recording of the interview. In further higher education news, the Nigerian Tribune reports on a regional conference which is investigating the impact of private universities on public universities in Africa. The event was held at Babcock University and has the support of the University of Texas at Austin and the Carnegie Corporation of New York. Professor Toyin Falola, conference leader, stated we are studying five countries, Ghana, Nigeria, Uganda, Kenya and South Africa. The conference aims to focus on developing the knowledge economy and how it can be improved. The project intends to assess the performance of private universities and understand the impact they are having on public universities in driving up standards, increasing student recruitment and improving the range of courses on offer in all institutions. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. 
Happy New Year! This is the first in a short series on the New Year's resolution a lot of us make and the effect tech can have on it. Can technology really help us get fit and healthy? According to the Fitness Industry Association, around 80% of people who sign up to a gym in January stop going in February. Can technology provide a free alternative? Now, before I start, I need to throw down a disclaimer here. I am assuming you already have a mobile device that is capable of running apps, therefore the cost of the device is written off, and I take no responsibility for any pain, both physical and or mental that you will inflict on yourself. You are responsible for your own scaling and moderation. That being said, there are thousands of free fitness apps out there. The first barrier for teachers is time. School Week have reported one in four teachers working over 60 hours a week, so in a 12-hour day, where do you fit a workout in? If the gym's out of the question, what are the other alternatives that are time flexible? Let's start with some totally free options. YouTube is full of fitness videos and challenges from sit-ups and press-ups to squats and chin-ups. A more extreme example is Athlean X. This channel is dedicated to workouts with pro trainer Jeff Cavalier. Some claiming to make a difference in just seven minutes a day. This may seem crazy, but seven minutes is a lot more than nothing and adds up to more than three quarters of an hour per week. If you're more of a social media motivated person, how about one of the many fitness tracking apps for walking, running or cycling? Most have a free basic package and in-app purchases for additional features. If I use Strava as an example, a free basic package allows you to track your exercise, join friends, set challenges and meet people around the globe with similar interests. My only word of warning would be to ensure you consider your profile settings to keep yourself safe. Hiding the start and end of a walk, run or ride, for example, will stop your home being shown on a map. For most people pushed for time, this will be where you start and end your exercise. Also, if you exercise regularly at the same time, this could be showing the world where you're likely to be or when your house is empty. For those who want to start softly and just be a bit more active, a less intensive option may be having a step counting app. Again, there are lots of different apps out there. My example is Sweatcoin, a free app that allows you to earn Sweatcoins, a form of digital currency that can be traded in the Sweatcoin store for discount codes, vouchers, and even given to good causes. This is a simple app and can run in the background, so you don't even need to remember to switch it on. Finally, calorie counter apps are a great way to look at what is actually going on in your body in the first place. On apps like MyFitnessPal, you can log your weight, calorie consumption, calorie output, and also have the ability to sync this with other fitness apps, so you don't need to log your exercise twice. As long as you're honest and log all of those glasses of Prosecco, not just the first, you're rewarded with detailed feedback on not only your calorie intake and output, but where those calories came from. Whatever you choose to do for the new you in the new year, why not do a bit of looking around and see what you can pick up for free first? I'll leave you with one of my favourite sayings, anyone can do nothing. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2021 Twitter feed. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. So let's get a bit more militant here. Let's think, let's think about the wider ramifications of some of these things that we've discussed, whether it be mental health apps specifically, whether it be uh, the issues when it comes to social media, whether it be um, uh, trying to get people to do certain things. Steve, a really good example of Steve's little uh, little bit there. You know, um, exercise apps, productivity apps, uh, things that get you to do the things that you're supposed to do and or should be doing well-being apps, all these things, all these things kind of concentrate on the individual user. You know, um, Headspace is about finding time in your day. It's about doing this. Uh, productivity apps that help with organization. It's about making sure that you are uh, productive enough to do these things and you can get on with stuff. Uh, Wobot uh, looks at your uh, own uh, reactions to certain issues. But 
Okay, and this is something that maybe we need to think about as well. Uh, I know that I know the title is, you know, um, you know, tech education and well-being. Is it a blessing? Is it a curse? But I think sometimes we have to kind of kind of go out and focus a little bit to go get the wider picture. So here's the thing. How, here's, a, here's a theoretical. That's what we're going to we're going to do a theoretical. I've just remembered the words. So that's what we're going to do. Um, so say uh, a manager uh slt member um puts on a session for well-being um and in that session they suggest or they uh, they say uh, okay you you need to turn your emails off at the weekend you need to turn your emails off you need to take the weekend to do the things that you want um you know perfectly you know sensible uh, sensible um suggestion but then they do nothing about the workload, you know, to, you know, so they say, turn your emails off at the weekend. You need to get some rest, but they don't lessen any workload. So what's the issue there? Is it the technology or is it the surrounding culture? Uh, because all the technology in the world won't replace, uh, the demands of certain jobs. And if those demands are, perhaps too much or to be uh, viable for somebody in their well-being, their physical or emotional or mental health, then technology is not really the issue. What the issue is, is the surrounding culture. Um, it's one of my favorite bits. It, <laughs> you're going to hear this a lot if I ever get to do this again after this, 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 this rambling uh, <laughs> that I'm doing at the moment. But when it comes to well-being, should really the question be technology and well-being in education or should it be what are the systemic issues that decrease well-being in education for both teachers and students uh, sorry i say teachers i mean all staff in schools you know and that's something that i think needs to be considered when we look at that theoretical uh, situation where uh, a member of slt says you need to you need to log off for the weekend make sure you don't read your emails but if there's no uh, lessening of the workload, those emails are still going to be there on Monday, you know, and then you're going to have less time to deal with them. Um, teaching is a hugely demanding job that takes massive amounts of time and effort. However, there are certain environments where that time and effort is perhaps uh, more than really should be the case. So when I worry about teaching and technology one of the things that i worry about is technology being used as my, kind of a smokescreen for some of the deeper problems that may be occurring so turning off your emails is all well and good but if you're uh, if you get 500 emails a week uh, and then you turn off your emails uh, saturday and sunday you're still getting 500 emails a week what's the technology got to do with it you know um what's what you know do you do you come up with a better filing system for your emails you can, it might save you a little bit of time, um, or perhaps the issue is the incredible amount of documentation that you have to deal with on a week-to-week -week basis. So I know these are going to be very technology-focused sessions, but I also always want to make sure that we're thinking a little bit more widely, because as I said in my last session, people tend to focus on the technology. I mean, great, because it means that I can do this kind of thing, but 
in that theoretical, it's just trying to illustrate some of the issues. And I think that kind of goes the same when it comes to things like uh, headspace. You know, headspace focuses on the individual and the individual's reaction to the outside stimulus of what's going on. When it comes to teachers and students, the outside stimulus needs to be uh, worked on. And that's very difficult to do with uh, a phone app. It's very difficult to do with a, um, a fitness app, you know. So when it comes to, you know, if you are suffering from anxiety due to an incredibly high workload in your school or due to perhaps behavioral issues as a teacher, um, there is no app that will solve that for you. It might help, but the situation is the issue. Uh, not the reaction to that situation. So when you think about these things, and when I talk about these things, I talk about technology. I could talk about technology all day. I love it. I do. I love it. I'm hesitant about it sometimes, but I do love it. I see the good in some of the tools that I get to use and research about on a daily basis. And it's a perfect job that I have because you get to explore things that help people. But alongside these explorations, alongside that list of apps that I've, I'm going to stick on the thing. There has to be a consideration of the wider scenarios. You know, if it's, a, if it's about stress, is the stress because certain things aren't being done properly? Is the stress coming from you or is it coming from outside? And if it's coming from outside, then they need the app. You know, they need an app to kind of sort themselves out. But anyway, we've got a couple of, uh, couple of really good comments coming up in the chat feed at the moment so gnome is there are some pros and cons in using technology for teaching some advantages are one being at home and participating in remote classes can decrease the stress of the class yeah brilliant two it can increase the creativity of the students and three teachers and students have more freedom to maneuver and get rid of syllabus to do lists for educational movies and sounds can be watched or listened for several times and so on yeah that's really nice i mean what i'm doing there he's thinking about specific situations where it is going to be uh it's going to be a, it's going to be an advantage um one of the one of the, my major things uh, when it comes to technology and education in the uh, in the environment and institutions that I work in, is um, recording of lectures. Recording of lectures has been quite controversial in the HE setting due to fears of uh, those recordings being used to do certain things like uh, break strikes, as it were. Um, I uh, I am aware of those arguments and I do appreciate where people are coming from, but the thing about uh, recorded lectures, as it were, is that it increases access for a wide number of students. It means that you can re-watch something if you are unsure. For instance, if you have uh, issues, cognitive issues when it comes to language, if you have uh, anxiety about being in places with lots of people, and that means that you can't concentrate to take notes. If you are agoraphobic, and so on and so forth. These, uh, you know, uh, recorded lectures um, are brilliant. Are brilliant. Um, so it's. I th I'm with Noam. I mean, the recorded, um, the recorded, uh, or the remote uh, style of teaching can free you up to do certain things. It can really can. I was talking about kind of the negatives of that particular thing when it comes to. Um, uh, when it comes to uh, intuition and face-to-face -to -face, uh, 
um, and uh, well-being in the case of trying to look out for the well-being of your students. But uh, Noam's made a really important point about the benefits of that freedom that remote teaching gives you. Uh, so thank you very much for your comments, Noam. That's really, really good. And uh, it's great to see people joining in. Um, I'm just going to scroll up because what I do like to do is I do like to make sure that uh, other people are getting a little bit of a, um, a comment in there. Uh, there was a really good, um, there's a good one from Seema. I really struggle to limit my use as I use it for research a lot, e.g. DIY, recipes and fitness. I know nothing but Google and apps do. Uh, I don't believe that for a second, Seema. I don't believe that for a second. Um, don't, uh, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. And this is going back to that kind of uh, distraction-free type of technology, um, as well as distraction-free word processors. Um, there are uh, uh, website killers, basically, what, that allow you to, um, uh, for limited amounts of time or forever, if you really want to, that um, stop your access to certain websites. I've used them in the past. Um, so uh, I use one currently that means that I don't access social media for my working day. Unless it's actually to do with my working day, of course. Uh, because, you know, it means that I can focus on the things that I really uh, am doing. It means that I can uh, get rid of one of those distractions. You can, uh, you can set these things to um, making sure that you block Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, if you're absolutely insane and you're on that, um, and those types of things. So, yeah, it's true. It's, and sometimes research can lead to a rabbit hole, uh, can't it? You know, you, you're looking at one thing and then, and then before you know it, it's four hours later and you know um, exactly uh, how many movies uh, an actor who you had never thought about before has done and so on and so forth. Yeah, so I, yeah, I completely understand, but... I think you might be doing your, uh, your, uh, your the amount of knowledge that you already have down SEMA. So we'll, we'll see about that. Um, uh, so, yeah, we got... Oh, uh, Tom says we, we can get you a jingle. Ah, good. Get on it. Drum and bass style Lee, please. You see, this when we talk about technology, um, uh, you know, you can have all all the technology in the world, but if you can beatbox, psh, doesn't matter, does it? I can't, but yeah. You know what? Thank you, Tom. I will, um, I will, you know what? I will look into um, uh, the jingles. That's really, really, really kind of you. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I could even do my own. Hey, if there are any music teachers uh, listening, or if there's any music teachers who download uh, this particular show, would you be interested in doing, uh, would you be interested in listening to a session on music, uh, music apps, music technology, and so on and so forth? Um, I have dabbled in that particular area. Uh, for instance, um, recordings on SoundCloud when I was a little bit younger. Uh, Soundtrap is a really, really, really good, um, really good uh, online app to create music. Um, and I guess that ties in when it comes to well-being because what technology can do, it can direct you to places and direct you acti to activities that make you feel better. Um, music is one of them. Uh, I, I really, really like, um, uh, yeah, I really like, uh, making music. I've got, 
I'm on my, I'm on my, <laughs> I'm, I'm on, I'm in my attic and I'm on my floor, floor. This is where I have my office. I call it a floffice because uh, I'm literally sitting on a beanbag on the floor and I've got very low tables because the roof in the attic is so low that I can't have a proper, like a proper workspace. But this works for me because it means I can like kick back and relax and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, sound, uh, music creations, uh, fantastic tool camp you know music therapy is a really 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 good idea um uh, so when it comes to that kind of thing soundtrack really good it means that you can make something really quickly either with your students or for yourself um really well uh but anyway i get off uh, i get off the general point and we're coming kind of getting to the last 10 minutes of the show so i don't want to i don't want to kind of introduce anything too controversial or anything too new um, so yeah, when if we go wider, when we talk about well-being, um, and we talk about uh, technology to deal with well-being, we also have to talk about why does this technology have to be uh, put into use in the first place? You know, um, sometimes sometimes it can be essential to help people get through the day, uh, but sometimes the difficulties that people face, um, those are the things that need to be worked on rather than the individual. Uh, taking time to download a well-being app or taking time to um, uh, think about uh, think about uh, all these things I and it's one of the things that came, comes up across again and again and again that um, are we talking about individual teachers even 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 the most well-meaning um, of uh, technologies do they constantly place the onus and emphasis on somebody's well-being on that person is that correct is that the way that it should be uh me i'm a little bit on the other side i think it's a systemic issue there's that phrase i love that phrase it's i think it's a systemic issue and if it's not dealt at system level then perhaps no app in the world is going to help but let's get away from that darkness <laughs> let's 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 leave that behind for the moment so um, uh, if, uh, if you have any more comments or if you have any more kind of, um, uh, if you have any more comments, if you, get, if you have any more, uh, any recommendations, uh, if you are uh, the creator or the owner of um, a particular app, a particular technology, and you'd like, uh, you'd like to have a chat with me and perhaps uh, talk about some of the benefits of your technology or some of the disadvantages that you see or some of the things that you are wanting to <clears throat> wanting to do with uh, your product give me a shout as well because it's always good to get uh, people out uh, always get to get it's a nice way to get ideas out there and I do as much as I am sometimes hesitant and a little bit grumpy just a little bit grumpy um, uh, I think uh, I really think that there's a lot of products out there that are really going to help um yeah so going wider than the uh, technology and well-being to perhaps making sure that the situation hasn't got a detrimental effect on well-being or uh, going even wider still and looking at technology that allows you to access some of the things that can increase your well-being whether that be hobbies whether that be um I mean, how many people use Amazon Kindle now? Uh, a lot of English teachers um, who I speak to, uh, they, they love that. 
but there was even some hesitancy there at the beginning. You know, there was there is a difference between the tactile feel of a screen and an actual real book. It's one of the requests that I get a lot of from students actually is, is there any way that we can make this digital resource look and feel like a bit more like paper? Because of course people are working remotely. They can't get out and perhaps print the things that they, that they would have done previously. So I've spent quite a lot of time over the last year or so um, looking at ways to make, and this is once again, it's that limiting of the digital. It's the limiting of the, the options. I've, spent a lot of time trying to make uh, or find technology that uh, is equivalent to using uh, pen and paper. And that's, that's a very strange situation to be in, um, very strange situation to be in um, because of my job role, you know, my job role. Uh, my official job title is assistive technology advisor. Um, uh, but in reality, in some cases, that means that I'm advising students on how to limit their technology. But anyway, um, it's another issue. And once again, it wheels right back to the beginning when, uh, to sum up, we were talk we've been talking today about wellness, well-being and technology in educational settings. Is it a blessing? Is it a curse? I don't think I've come to any kind of conclusion whatsoever. So I'm going to blame you lot. You are, you know, there was like, you know, I, I was waiting. I was waiting to be swayed, people. Come on now. I was waiting to be swayed. I, I don't like to think for myself. Just tell me, you know, uh, educate, uh, education should well-being and technology be pushed in educational settings. Not too sure about that either. I think that there is a gap at the moment, a really huge gap. In fact, a, a, uh, an awful, disgustingly awful lack of provision when it comes to children and mental health. Um, could we use perhaps use this technology to fill in temporarily hopefully some of these uh gaps perhaps maybe perhaps um uh we've had a look at some uh wellness apps uh we've had a look at some specific apps that are marketed to increase wellness um and uh, some of them do a really really good job but once again on the other hand some of them don't you have to be very, very careful, as I've said many a time before, that educational technology or any kind of technology, uh, you know, is um, it's it's still a product, guys. It's still a product, and there are people out there who will uh, tell you that a product does something that it doesn't. There are substandard uh, there's substandard research behind many of these apps. Uh, there's um, a lot of technology that has very little to do or very little you know benefit when it comes to well-being so you have to be very careful when you are shopping around if you do in fact want to shop around for apps that may help with your well-being if you're unsure um drop me a line yeah you know you don't you, you don't you don't always have to kind of just kind of do your own research because oh my god there's so many apps so many apps it's absolutely <laughs> absolutely ridiculous <laughs> hang on hang on hang on wait 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 i've got something for this hang on wait 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 absolutely ridiculous yeah thank you thank you thank you very much ladies and gentlemen thank you um but yeah drop me a line drop me a line um uh the best way of doing that is on twitter uh, my uh twitter handle is t 
Starkey, T-S-T-A-R-K-E-Y, one, two, one, two, because you just got to keep going, haven't you? Uh, you got to keep going, one, two, one, two. Um, yeah, drop me a line if you want any advice uh, when it comes to um, technology, when it comes to well-being apps, assistive technology, or anything that you think might make your uh, jobs, your lives, or your students' lives easier. Um, one of my main, one of the way, main ways that I work where I work is that I ask the students to, you know, is there an app? If, if you could come up with an app that would make a certain process easier, what would it be? And then a lot of the time it already exists. So, you know, give us a shout. You know, I, I, um, I very much enjoy making contact with people and uh, doing my tiny, teensy, teensy, tiny little bit to help um, the teaching workforce in this what is rather a difficult time, a difficult time, to put it mildly. So, yeah, um, uh, I think no conclusion to be gained at this thing. Um, equally a blessing and a curse, I think, was, is basically the outcome of this. There's lots of different situations where technology can be used well. There's lots of different situations where technology um, can be used uh, for pure evil um, <laughs> and and it's I think it's up to the user to try and uh, figure out which one is which um, speaking of technology and so on and so forth uh, I'm coming to the end of uh, this here particular session uh, once again this is really it's really enjoyable because there is not many I tell you I tell you there's not many uh, situations where I can actually just talk to people um, and then, you know, they don't chuck a chair at me or, uh, you know, try to set the room on fire and all that kind of stuff. Um, so this is lovely. Uh, Seema, I'm allowed to sit on the fence, Seema. Seema says, you're not allowed to sit on the fence. See, my show, Seema. I, can sit, I, 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 I will get splinters all up in places. Uh, my show. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much, Seema. Yeah, true. Fair play. Right. Right on. Um, there's a lovely conversation um, about. Uh, there's a lovely conversation going on as well uh, between people who have featured. If you get the chance today, um, have a look at some of the other podcasts, uh, the other sessions that have been going on today. Uh, Khalil's session that was just before mine on restorative practice uh, was really, really good. I opened my eyes to some things. Um, also, how professional does he sound? How professional? It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, Okay, so uh, uh, I think we're going to finish it there. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Get some rest, people. You know, get some rest. Don't do what I did. Don't drink a coffee before bed. Uh, have really sweet dreams. No anxiety dreams, please. Uh, and uh, have a really, really good week. Thank you very much. And uh, I will hopefully speak to you again soon. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.